So Andrew, he knows that I'm a man of faith. Like I, I was born and raised like a Christian. This video that went viral. Oh yeah. Ran by the devil, uh, the Dajjal, if you want to call that. Like what? What do you call it? shaitan? Uh, but you see them acting as if they're women. Uh, diff different things like that. With uh, Tristan Tate and also with Andrew Tate. There. And I was talking to Andrew, and Andrew's like, Dylan, why don't you just live here? I didn't pub put this out publicly, uh, but I actually went out. I went to a mosque about a month ago with a friend for the first time, breaking down how Islam is like almost the perfect path. And I remember for a split second feeling like, what's going on? I, like almost right across the street was a mosque, and every day I would see it and be like, I want to go over there, but I'm not sure. But I, there might be something more to this, uh, mm -hmm. this, this Islam thing. Now yeah, I mean, that aligns with my beliefs 100%. Yeah. You're a Muslim, brother. I mean, you're a Muslim. I mean, that's it. We're here with uh, Siraj from Daoud, so he'll love her. Yes. Yeah. All right, guys. So we signed everything here. Bismillah. Now we're off to the next step. We gotta get the keys now. بالحب اجتمعنا وربنا يحييكم بالحب اجتمعنا وربنا يحييكم مرحبا ويا هلا فيكم انتو منا واحنا فيكم بالمحبة نحييكم يا هلا ويا هلا يا هلا ويا هلا ويا هلا ويا هلا the amount of uh, Muslims around here, it's, it's pretty huge and uh, like the, this, the, the place, the location that you opened in basically is far further south from the other, the other big masajid and everyone, I know a lot of people that I, I used to, I come, my, my cousin lives nine minutes from here, another uh, uncle of mine lives about five to ten minutes from here. This area, the masjid, alhamdulillah, opened up in an area that it's much needed. And this size, this, the center, this center is much needed for this area. And the idea of this center is needed for the whole state because we don't have anything like that in the whole state. The da'wah center where it's going to basically nurture and basically educate and it's going to basically spread Islam. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, assalamu alaikum, greetings and peace. How are you guys doing? My next guest is tweeted recently holding a copy of the Quran and asking us a question. And it's interesting because this copy that I'm very well familiar with, it's a previous guest that I had on the program, Dr. Mustafa. So we reached out to Dylan Madden to get more of a background on how he got a copy of this Quran, the clear Quran, and also He's also been following this case with our brother, Andrew Tate. So we'll get to the bottom of some new developing evidence that's been coming out. Let's uh, waste no time and bring out Dylan Madden.
Dylan doing fantastic thank you so much for having me it's an honor <laughs> thank you thank you for being uh accepting the invitation to be on the program yeah, so you're sure. uh, you're in Dubai yeah I moved here back in December I got here and I because I was originally in Paraguay so down in South America and I was talking to Andrew and Andrew's like Dylan why don't you just live here and I was making my way back to the hotel and I was like why don't I live here so Everything else worked out. I ended up setting up residency. It was a pretty straightforward process. And I lived in Qatar previously for about nine months, which kind of connects with, I guess, today's topic as well. Kind of opened my mind to a few different things, especially being from America originally. So I already liked the overall culture. Uh, so for me, I feel at home here in Dubai. <laughs> mm -hmm. Tell me, so you recently tweeted uh, and you were showing this picture of the Quran. Mm -hmm. and you were asking people where should you start to read how did you get a hold of the quran uh tell us uh, a little background to this so andrew he knows that i'm a man of faith like i, I was born and raised like a christian so i i've always had uh, a love uh respect for god and all of that and i've went i've dabbled i it was funny uh, before i get off on a tangent i actually read, read the quran for the first time back whenever i was like 13. Wow. Uh, in a library in school and the teachers like or not the teacher the librarian it's like oh why are you reading that sort of question me and i was like oh i guess it's bad so i put it back uh, but it's always kind of been in the back of my mind and before andrew left he gave me a copy of the quran and i haven't read this book yet but he also said he recommends that i read this so can you hold that up closer what is that Boom. and raising mail into secret men okay and then can yes, you put the, can, can you put the other ones? You can show the yes, this one here. Yes. Okay. So this is clear Quran from the uh, Dr. Mustafa. Yes. That's yeah. interesting. This reminded me also because uh, in my interaction with uh, Andrew Tate, if my if my uh, memory serves me well, I sent him. There is actually a website clearquran.com by the also the author who made it. And I, and I believe I sent this to Andrew when um, after we had our first interview. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome because he, he gave we, he was about to depart from Dubai back before or right before all that stuff happened. And he's like, you don't have to, but I recommend you read this. And he gave me a copy of the Quran. He gave me the other book and kind of just sat in my desk. And I, I've just been thinking and thinking. And I, I didn't pu put this out publicly, uh, but I actually went out. I went to a mosque about a month ago with a friend for the first time. So I, I know this sounds ignorant or whatever, but like I was kind of nervous. I was like should i should i go like what, what's it gonna be like and a friend of mine was like let's go now so we, we ended up uh what is it called isha i, I don't know it's the the late, did, late isha late. you got it right yeah isha oh, prayer that's the last prayer yeah beautiful so yeah we did that and then i actually went to the mosque yesterday with i think they're called the three brother podcast and oh yeah another, okay yeah yeah then another guy uh Oh, man, I'll, I'll have to look at his Instagram. But anyways, he basically lives in Los Angeles and approaches people in the street and talks to them about Christ, uh, about Islam. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jules, 
Uh, who might be coming on the show at some point. He he knows about you as well. Whenever I was like, yeah, I'm going to go on the Dean show. He was like, brother, that is, that is so awesome. That, like, congratulations. So we all went to the mosque last night, and we did our own prayer originally. And then we also did the last prayer, uh, right? I guess the last prayer of the day as well. And then I, I ended up coming back home after that. So, yeah, I mean, that's my long-winded answer. <laughs> that's pretty cool. So you got, you got some... You uh, spent some time with the brothers, with uh, Tristan Tate and also with Andrew Tate there. And in your course of uh, spending some time with uh, them, Andrew actually gave you gifted. Was this this is uh, after he accepted Islam? Yeah, this is after he had accepted. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your experience been now? So it reminds me of an authentic statement from the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, who obviously by now you know we believe he was the last messenger sent from mankind in a line of messengers, and they all brought the same message, which is Islam, to submit your will to the creator of the heavens and earth. So it reminds me of the statement that he said, for the one who t takes one step to God, to Allah, Allah will take 10 towards him. So I'm just seeing all this, you know, it's like you're taking that step and you're, you're getting to start to meet all these different people and it's like uh god almighty allah is is guiding you along the way slowly but surely what do you think is that is uh from well, your experience now with all these different muslims and yeah. with all the hype that's out there you know you're brave enough you know to step into a mosque and you know coming from from this side of the world a lot of people are like you were saying a little apprehensive they're scared because all the media you know the bad press the stereotypes yeah, brother. I mean, for me, back whenever I came to Dubai, back in 2019, I was at the Mall of Dubai, and the call to worship came on. And I remember for a split second feeling like, what's going on? I, like Almost <laughs> like a, a fear. And then my friend look, looked at me, and he was like, yeah, let's get out of here. So we left. Uh, but then, funnily enough, uh, random circumstances happened, because I, I like to travel the world. And right before all the stuff happened over the, the previous couple of years with a certain thing floating around, if you get my drift, yeah. uh, I ended up in Qatar. And I was only supposed to be there for about two to three weeks, uh, just getting some work done. And they ended up closing the borders. And I ended up getting an apartment there because they just kept renewing the visa. And right across the street was a mosque. And every day I would see it be like, I want to go over there, but I'm not sure. But I, it actually gave me a sense of peace hearing the call to worship and then seeing the dedication of people coming. And I know this is kind of off topic, but I was sitting down with all the, the gentlemen yesterday. We were talking and they were basically breaking down how Islam is like almost the perfect path, the perfect guide uh, for men today to like become their best self. It's like, why do, why do you need all these extra sources of power when you can literally directly be blessed by Allah or God or whatever you call it? So it's that for me, it's. I'm still in the learning phase. Like I, I have not converted. I still have some apprehensions as well, uh, since I was born and raised as a Christian. Mm -hmm. But I can feel myself being guided uh, step by step, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, we just talked about that step by step. Yeah. You're taking one step. Yeah. And now yeah. if a person is sincere and I always tell people this is the simple homework, just keep asking the creator of the heavens and the earth alone for the guidance. Guide me, guide me, guide me. You know what I mean? That's very simple. God Almighty Allah will facilitate uh, a way as he's doing. You can see. And then the, the message is, is a believable message. It's easy to understand. It's based right. around that pure monotheism of worshiping God Almighty Allah alone and not his creation. And uh, how was it when you walked into a, to a masjid, a mosque? I mean, when you go into other places of worship, what people have expressed is they go in there, they see all these different statues, icons, idols. You know, they go into a mosque for the first time. There's none of these. There's nothing. Uh -huh. 
you know, it's peace, serenity, and they're just there. They're watching people pray. Like, I mean, as a Christian coming from a Christian background, you see how in the Bible it describes the prophets and even Jesus praying by falling on his face, praying to God. And this is what you're seeing. Andrew Tate was with uh, Tam Khan when yep. he was praying, you know, that famous video that went viral. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then also when you went into the mosque, how is it just seeing this now? Now you're in there, you're brave enough, you come in first, you're a little apprehensive, now you go in there. What's the feeling like? You know, what are you observing? Let people who've never, people who are now on this side of the world, they're like, okay, what'd you see in there, right? What's going on? So for me personally, I, I, I like this. Actually, I observed this last night. The one thing I really appreciated is whenever I went in, people could tell that I didn't know what I was doing, but everybody kept like, oh, yeah, just you don't have to say anything. No pressure. Just kind of follow along. So like I would, I would go like this and I put my hand down on my knees and then we like would go through the whole process. And it's, it's just beautiful. And you feel a sense of peace. Like there's no tension. There's none of that. That was actually something that bothered me. For me, I was baptized as a Baptist, so we didn't we didn't have like the crucifixes and all that with like somebody bleeding on the cross. Uh, but something that has always bothered me about Christianity, uh, just at a, a personal level, is how it's almost as if you're you're praying to an idol up on a, like a statue that isn't it doesn't even look like what Jesus would have looked like, uh, or you're eating the flesh, drinking the blood during like communion, like little things like that has always always kind of bothered me. Uh, but then compare that to the mosque, it's like, sure, some of them are fancy inside, but it's all about just worshiping God. That's it. Uh, so it's, it's I'm, once again, still new to all this, but it, that's it's so far been my observation. I mean, you're not the only one. This is something that all of us are born with. We have this innate disposition to connect with the truth when it comes and also the main truth is who who is your creator? Who is God? You know, is it right. the human being? Is it uh, ancient a ancestors? Mm -hmm. Is it my ideas? And Islam makes that clear, that uh, the clear description of who God is, is very, very straightforward. And I want to share this uh, with you straight from the Quran. You know, this is a chapter, you had that question, which, which one should I, where should I start reading? This is a very yeah. powerful verse that helps the human being. God Almighty is de describing who he is and who he isn't in, in this chapter in the Quran. قل هو الله أحد الله الصمد لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفؤا أحد. Let's stop right there. So do you see that first verse? What God Almighty is saying about Himself? This is interesting, Dylan. That you know, if I told you, if I said, look, tell so and so, you know, to come here. You know, the Quran is verbatim, you know, why it's being passed along to prop from Angel Gabriel, the prophet Muhammad. And he's saying, say, Kul. and that's even transmitted here. If you notice, it's just a small detail. So yeah. he's saying, say, and this is coming to us. Nothing is left out. Whatever was given through uh, Angel Gabriel to prophet Muhammad, it, we have it today, preserved authentically over a span of 23 years, compiled. And now we have the Quran. The English translation is the meaning. The original is in the Arabic up above here. So say he is Allah, the one. You cannot add three to it, make it into one. You can't edit that. It's just purely one. And this is right. just so, that's the pure monotheism. And then we go to the second chapter. He's uh, Allah, the eternal. So he doesn't sleep. He doesn't rest he, on the seventh day. No. Does, it, does that so far make sense? 
Oh yeah, it totally does. <laughs> you know, I mean, it just totally makes sense. You know what I mean? Then you keep going here. Uh, he doesn't, uh, he be neither begets nor is he born. So mm -hmm. God almighty doesn't have children like you, uh, me, you know, we're human beings, you know, cows have calves, uh, mm -hmm. cats have kittens, right? Uh, what does God have a baby God? Like that does yeah. make no sense, you know? Yeah. So here God is, almighty is saying that, no, he doesn't have children. He's not born of anyone. And there is nothing comparable to him. Nothing you can imagine, fathom is God. And going back to what you were saying, going into uh, something that you had uh, a problem with, and, and, and that is, you know, God Almighty in certain churches, you'll have blue-eyed, uh, blonde hair. You go to another place, they have Jesus. You go to, yeah. to China, you have a Chinese Jesus, you, you know. It, it so, never sat well with me. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't set well with a lot of people thinking people and here Islam just gets rid of all that. No, God doesn't have a zip code, an area code, a color. He, he's not a human being. He's not his creation, but he created creation. Make sense? Right. So you're not in your head because that's that's the truth yeah. and it re resonates. So you're oh, there. You're, 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 yeah. you're there. I say if you can dig this, you can dig Islam. Everything else will come easy. And then it's just accepting Prophet Muhammad as the final messenger, and this would include all the preceding messengers, meaning Jesus, Moses, Abraham, and they all came in the same message, calling humanity to serve and worship the one God and to stay away from worshiping his creation, to be morally upright. That's it. What do you think about that? Well, I, I definitely, I'm, I'm open to it. I'm open yeah, to it. <laughs> yeah. So, conti so continue on now. So you go, you're, you're um, meeting some of the, the Muslims there. How else has your, your experience been? What else, uh, what, what are some of these apprehensions besides the one you mentioned that you're having? Yeah, I mean, from a positive standpoint, the, the thing I really like about it is just the brotherhood aspect. Uh, like you can tell it's all genuine, it's all real. Uh, for me personally, and actually something you just said uh, from an apprehension standpoint is... Could you explain a little bit more about how the message came through an angel, which then went to Muhammad? Yeah, so this is this has been the throughout time. So Prophet Muhammad used to go to meditate. He used to go and he was in an environment where they had 360 idols, you know, and they were worshiping the creation. They were worshiping idols and they believed in Allah. They believed in the creator, but they would go through intermediaries and whatnot. So he was away from this, right? He would go into the, the mountain and reflect. And then you had the angel Gabriel, who's also mentioned. This is also uh, the angel who was mentioned uh, in the Bible is there. And this angel came and from there, it's it's meticulously preserved everything, you know, how the incident happened, you know, what happened from there, you know, how he went to his wife and, you know, and then how he went to his community after that. And he stood in front of a, on top of a mountain that they would go ahead. And if there was any news, because obviously he didn't have TVs and radio back then. So he went from there, he went on to the mountain, you know, to call the people. There's a big announcement. Everybody's running to come. And he said, look, if I told you that there was an army coming, that they were about to attack, would you believe me? And they said, of course, we know you never telling a lie. He was, look, uh, do you have a, do you have a nickname that people call you by yourself? Uh, I mean, all my friends call me Moneybag Madden. <laughs> okay. Money, <laughs> Moneybag Madden. Okay. So, you know, people give each other nicknames, right? Uh, well, his nickname was El Lamin, the trustworthy, right? Never uh -huh. known to have told a lie. Come on. 
So now he's going to come up. Oh, what's the motive? What's behind it? So after this, he came out and he told them, you know, he delivered the message and he warned them of a punishment coming, the hellfire. He called them away from idolatry. He called them to what? To the pure monotheism. And he called them to paradise. And then proofs of pro proofs were, were established. You know, the Quran is a living miracle. During the time of Jesus, Jesus came with miracles. But you cannot now use that to convince the atheists because he was at a certain time sent for a certain people. So Muhammad being the last and final messenger, he had to come with evidences and proofs. And that's what we have today, this living, living miracle. Um, and, and if you examine, for instance, uh, the Quran in chapter 32, verse 2, uh, talks about that the Quran is, it's in the Quran, God, was saying, God Almighty is saying that he's the one that revealed the Quran. And he's the one that's going to preserve it. You have a challenge in the Quran. If you feel that this is from other than God Almighty Allah, come, produce something like it. Go ahead. Bring an individual, uh, bring a group of people, bring humanity all together and try to produce something like the Quran. You know, the uh, falsification test. Uh, can, I'll give you one example. There was a man there who was an enemy to Islam. And then God Almighty revealed the verse in there saying that this person is condemned. He's going to be in the hellfire. So imagine that. All they had to do was come out and say, you know what, I fake it. He just could have came out and said, I accepted Islam. But mm -hmm. we know this person died as a non-Muslim. There was 27 wars that were fought. They could have won this intellectually and put it all, all to rest. The prophecies that are in the Quran, you know, they're uh, substantiated. Um, you have 500 plus scientific uh, facts, signs, miracles that we say, you know, on the human development, how the universe began. If you were to... Go ahead and take, for instance, every time there was something accurate, you would put it on the right side here. Uh, and on the left side, you would put things, say the green is for accurate, the red is for inaccuracies. And every time there's something accurate that we can go ahead and substantiate, we say, okay, he got it right here. You'd be like, okay, put a green one here. Wrong, put it here. But there is none that's going the in the red side. There's none. So that's the thing that uh, blew my mind away. And from there, the believable message, the Prophet Muhammad, when you look at his life, and I don't want to uh, go on, I could just keep going, but I want to give you a chance to respond uh, to this uh, because there's just so many proof. It's not blind faith, Dylan. That's the, the thing I want to stress. There's yeah. so much overwhelming evidence from looking at his life to evaluating the Quran, you know, mm -hmm. the believable message, not calling you to believe in something that your innate nature rejects. At the end of the day, you're just like, man, I got to submit here. Otherwise, what else do I have? You know what I mean? This is uh, this mm -hmm. is the truth. Yeah. So, like, I, I know from what I was told yesterday, and I, I've already was aware of this because I've done a little bit of studying. It seems yeah. that, uh, how do you pronounce it? Issa? Isa? Uh, Isa. Jesus. Jesus. Isa, yeah. Isa, yeah. yeah. He is heavily respected. I mean, what was the whole purpose of him then coming into the world? Because uh, I supposedly he's a, a he's very revered and respected. Yes, Jesus. You're talking about Jesus. You know, it's an article of faith to believe and love Jesus in Islam. You cannot say any disrespectful word about him or his blessed mother. There's a whole chapter named after his mother in the Quran, and he came as a messenger because the people, the children of Israel at that time, they went astray. So he came, just like we believe, over 124,000 prophets were sent to humanity and 
Some of them we know by name, many of them we don't, uh, just to name a few. You have uh, Adam, the first man, for instance. He was the first Muslim. He was told to submit his will to the Creator, to God Almighty Allah, and he did. That's what a Muslim is, Sim simple. So when, when we say Muslim, that's not an Arab in the desert. You know, that's uh, not whatever you think it is. It's a, yeah. it's a translation is what I just told you, to a person, a peaceful person who submits his or her to God. So the first man, Adam, and then from there you had Noah, and uh, th from there you had all the different messengers. We'll put up here so people can kind of get an idea here on the side. And that just kept going. So people, they went off and they started, some people went and they obeyed. And they, they accepted the call. And other people, they went and they did their own thing. And that's how you right. had man-made religions that started to come up. Other people started to worship creation. Other mm -hmm. people worship their desires, stick stones and bones, et cetera, et cetera. And that's mm -hmm. how, that's how man-made religions get created. So then when people started to drift off, God Almighty would send another messenger to warn the people, to call them back to the straight path. Some people will accept, some people will reject. It's your free will. It's your choice. And that's right. why there's the paradise and the hellfire. So those people who live a morally upright life, they live according to the, the, the laws that God Almighty revealed, the pure monotheism. God Almighty is the most merciful and loving. You're going to make a mistake, but you don't need a blood sacrifice. You don't need somebody to come down and die for your sins. In Islam, everyone is born on original goodness, not original sin. So that baby that's born, oh, it's, like a, it's like a, a, a clean sheet of paper. Now when you, become, when you hit puberty around, that's when now your deeds start getting recorded. Mm -hmm. But if you if you make a mistake, you turn to the all loving, the most merciful. You don't go to a confession box. You don't go into you know you hide your person. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so go, what do you think so far? That th those are some of the 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 main the main um, you know introductory things that we like to explain to people. Uh, but okay. Jesus, but Jesus, he was a mighty messenger. He came with the same message as Moses, Abraham, Prophet Muhammad. But then he was restricted to that time period. And uh, okay. that's the main thing. But now God Almighty and his wisdom knew that we're going to have Internet today. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a prophecy being fulfilled today that Prophet Muhammad said that this message will reach everything that comes under the sun. You know, every home, whatever it's made out of, you know, that it's going to reach. And Islam is, is definitely reaching because of the modern advancement. So Prophet Muhammad being the last and final messenger. Uh, because God Almighty knew the times that we'd be living in. At that time, how would that message reach us today? Right. Yeah. So that's uh, how um, I would go ahead and just help you to understand that. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, for me, it's I understand that there's evil in the world. I understand there's good in the world. And something that I guess started catching my attention probably about a year and a half ago is I started noticing that it seemed like in the world, like the online world specifically, Islam seems to be one of the only like religions that actually is able to penetrate and stand firm but then you look at christianity and you see them i won't use certain keywords uh, but you see them acting as if they're women uh diff different things like that dressing up and uh just as as i guess you would say haram type of outfits but yet they're preachers and pastors and they're way too welcoming there's nothing wrong with being welcoming but i mean if if you're actually if you've got a bible and you've, if you've got rules and all that you're supposed to follow and why are you just, oh, yeah, it's okay. We'll, we'll accept anybody. Uh, little things like that started bothering me. Uh, and then I, I started seeing your videos. I started seeing some other people's videos. And that started getting me, I was like, started, I mean, when I say bothering me, not in a negative way, but like bothering me a little bit as in, I was like, there might be something more to this, uh, mm -hmm. this, this Islam thing. Um, 
I guess for me personally, from a Christian perspective, we believe, because I've been talking to a lot of Muslims here, and we actually agree on most things uh, because they also, like, they've a lot of them have read the Bible. They also respect Jesus, different things like that. In my opinion, it seems that, what is it, the Dajjal, like, in Christianity is the mm-hmm. Antichrist, the Dajjal. Yeah. It's, like, it seems like in today's world, we're more and more getting into that peak point where the Dajjal is, like, I, I don't even need to name drop anything, but uh, you, you can look around the world and you see it. It's just it's getting out of control. And it seems like, in my opinion, like Christianity, maybe Islam, they seem to be more like stronger on it from a social media standpoint. It seems like that's really the only thing that can come in and not save the entire world, but at least save the world to a degree. Uh, because people nowadays, especially in the West, like that's part of why I don't live in, in the U.S. And I, mm-hmm. I, I like to live in places actually of morals, such as the United Arab Emirates, et cetera, is the West seems to be falling away and it's ran by the devil, uh, the Dajjal, if you want to call that. Like, what, what do you call it? Shaitan? Is that how you pronounce it? Shaitan, yes. That's the, uh, main, yeah. the main devil, yes. Yeah, just running it from Hollywood and just the U.S. is purporting a lot of this stuff. And I've often wondered if that's maybe why a lot of the propaganda, like me as a young American, like I remember seeing all this stuff being programmed, like, Every Muslim wants to like basically cut your head off. Every Muslim uh, will get rewarded if they kill you. They'll go to paradise, uh, which maybe for the viewers, that might be something helpful. Like what what's the truth behind like if you kill an infidel, like what happens? Like because I was told yesterday, like you're not you're not supposed to kill anything. You're not supposed to harm anything. But mm-hmm. like from an American propaganda perspective, I was told like, oh, if you if you kill uh, the infidels, you get 72 virgins and all, mm-hmm. all this other stuff. Yeah. 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 So let me, that's one of the misconceptions and deliberate uh, attacks that you had many of the Orientalists and and many of the haters of Islam, you know, put out there this, this propaganda that's creates this false fear, but you're a proof right now. You've been in Qatar uh, where you also just had the uh, FIFA there, the soccer championships there and you had so many people testifying coming out like man it's great over here you are you saw some of the footage coming out of there right oh yeah uh but imagine uh, before you know people would see for themselves you know they're stuck listening and hearing what's going on and many people you know uh, time magazine uh did an article i believe it was in in the 1970s discussing how many books i believe it was something around fifty thousand books that you had like one book a day coming out with this negative with lies distortions about islam so you can you can just imagine what people are being fed but now when they go to the sources when they connect with muslims and i'll just give you an example look look at prophet muhammad uh, back to him his life you know he had 30 assassination attempts on his life. Can you imagine 30 assassination yeah, attempts, we, right? He, he yeah. still he still survived all the way to the end until the Quran was complete. At any time if he would have if he would have died, we wouldn't have the message today. All the way up until he got this verse revealed that Allah is saying that he Allah will protect I will protect you God Almighty is saying that he will protect him so what happens is then God in the beginning Prophet Muhammad he had he has security so he this this verse comes down and he says you know he he pretty much gets rid of the security and he survives all the way to the end now what happens is the Muslims the early Muslims were persecuted 
they were tortured. I mean, you just can't uh, fathom and imagine, you know, all of the evil that was done. And then towards the end, what happened was you had the conquest of Mecca. Now imagine if you watch some of these movies that we watch in Hollywood and, you know, when the, when the persecuted army comes back right now, nobody would hold you to account if you had uh, these people who came and they, they pillaged and they raped and they did all sorts of evil towards your family, right? Now it's time for revenge. Right. But when Prophet Muhammad came back with an army of 10,000 strong, imagine it, 10,000 strong, what do you think he did? Did he come in and, and like the crusades and you had blood up into the, to the, to the knees, you know, as they, as they narrate, did he come and start cutting off heads, chopping off heads? What did he do? He came in with his head low, lowered, humble. He didn't come in beeping and doing the Conor McGregor. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. no, he came in, he was humble. And he said, what do you think I'll do to you today? And they started to praise him and, you know, and what did he do? He saying, you're a good man. You're this, that. Now the tide has turned. He yeah. freed, he freed the community. He said, go ahead. And he let them free. This is this is an example of mercy. There was a few who were held account. You know, there was a few, there was a few, but the majority, everybody was free. And many of his enemies, even Christians, uh, a Christian scholar by the name of Waraka uh, ibn you had a Jewish scholar of the time, Abdul uh, ibn Salam. These were the learned of the time. They also, they accepted the message. They were looking for signs of a messenger to come. So I can go on and on. You know, there's yeah. a cha chapter in the Quran. It's very straightforward on this. Chapter um, uh, 60 uh, talks about um, that for those who have not driven you out of your homes, who have not fought you because of your religion, uh, it's for you to deal kindly and justly with them. So this whole thing, you know, that people cut and paste verses, like, yeah. you know, kill them wherever you find them in war. Of course. What are you going to say? We're going out into war and you're going to say, give, you know, give the guy, a, you know, a high five. Well, I mean, yeah, that is a fair point. Yeah. So well, in, in, in war. So this is yeah. clear. There are verses in there mm -hmm. that now establish how to go ahead and act, you know, justly in war. Right. You cannot kill innocent men, women and children, people in houses of worship. Everything is just clearly laid out. Yeah. You know, the rules of engagement that they didn't even have in the Geneva Convention. You know, you know, Islam laid all this clearly out. But now when you're in battle, you have a right. Or if somebody's coming to go ahead and attack you and your family, you have a right to defend yourself. And this is what those verses that people take out, kill this and this and that. That's when the general is telling the army how to march forward, how to give, you know, the troops, you know, that motivation and what to do when the enemy comes. Right. So you're all ready to go. But otherwise, if they want to extend a hand towards peace, you go towards peace. Uh, I like that. Uh, I guess one other question that just kind of popped in my head is what's the significance about the, the cube in Mecca? That, that, that is that has always kind of bothered yeah. me. I've, I've read some conspiracies. Yeah. I would like to hear. If yeah, <laughs> I mean, this is what we say. The first house of worship, this spot built by Abraham to commemorate the worship of one God. Then it was built over time and that you can actually go in there and you can pray. Um, you can go ahead inside the Kaaba. So it's a unification of oh, wow. the Muslim community praying in the same direction, unifying us. 
And this is really simply what, um, you know, there's a lot more you can go deeper into it, but okay. it's a unification. We all stand in prayer towards the Kaaba, but we're not praying to it. It's a unification yeah. of direction. And it was the first house of worship built by Abraham to commemorate the worship of one and only one God. That's yeah. powerful. What I want to share with you is, um, is because there's so many uh, directions a person can go and they can get lost. You can spend a whole lifetime studying, studying Islam. And a Bedouin came to Prophet Muhammad and he said, look, if I hold on to uh, the monotheism, the Shahada, you know, if, uh, will I, because this man is a nomad, right? He's busy with all the different things, you know, that he has to do to survive. And he says, look, if I, if I hold on to uh, X, Y, and Z, the five pillars, basically the prayer and the, oh, yeah, the five pillars, right? Uh, pretty much if I hold on to this and he, the Prophet Muhammad said, if this man is truthful as he left, he said he'll be a man of, man of paradise. So Islam is simple, you know, depending on your level, where you're at, you know, as long as you uh, believe in the six articles of faith. Has anybody explained to you the six articles of faith so uh, far? Not yet. I'll go. It's very simple. This is I don't we don't have this. I want to go into the, the case uh, because you've okay. been also talking about the case. So I want to just touch upon this before we get into that. These developing. Uh, new evidences that come out yeah. that have came out. The media is just uh, conveniently silent on. It's interesting, but you have the six, yeah, it's the, you have the six articles of faith. One is to believe in one and only one God, to believe in the angels, to believe in the books that were revealed. Uh, for example, what was given to Dawood, David, the son of the um, Zabur, what was given to Jesus, uh, the Injil, what was given to Moses, the Torah, and what we have, the Prophet Muhammad the last and final revelation of mankind, the Quran. So believe in the books, uh, to believe in the messengers that were sent, to believe in the day of, the day of judgment and predestiny. So this is pretty much, in a nutshell, the six articles of faith. If you believe this, then those are the beliefs in the heart. So there, is there anything here that you would reject that you feel like questionable about from these beliefs? This is now the engine of Islam. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty logical. And uh, they, they think it was called the five pillars of Islam. Okay, we'll get to that now. Yes. Oh, okay, okay. So if you believe, if you tell me right now, say, I believe in this. I believe in the one God. I believe in the angels. I believe in the books, the messengers, the day of judgment and predestiny. Now, yeah, I mean, that aligns with my beliefs 100%. Yeah. You're a Muslim, brother. I mean, you're a Muslim. I mean, that's it. Now, now talk is cheap. Like, yeah, talk is cheap. You have talk to is cheap. It. You got to show it. Five pillars come into play. Now you got to testify it. Now you got to come out and say it. Now you have to do it with your limbs. What's the first one? Is that you testified that there's nothing worthy of worship? Come out. You already agreed that there's uh, nothing worthy of worship except one and only one God. In Arabic, we say Allah and Muhammad is the messenger. That's the shahada. That's, that's what Andrew Tate had to take to come into Islam. And if you were living during the time of Jesus, you would have said the Shahada. If you were living the time of Moses, you would have said the Shahada. But at the end, you would say Moses is the messenger. At Jesus' time, you say Jesus is the messenger. You make sense? Uh, yeah. yeah Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all it's the same thing. And yeah. and and then you would establish the prayer. Then you establish the prayer five times a day minimum. You could do the extra and all that, but this is the at the fixed times, and then you would pay that poor due the tax the tax of your wealth that's been sitting accumulating, and now after a year, two point five, give it to the homeless, give it to the needy. That's their right upon you that we have to. And you know, it's interesting if every every human being was to pay this tax, uh, uh, poverty would be eradicated. 
Oh, sure. <laughs> and then the then Ramadan fasting during the month of Ramadan, and then the pilgrimage to the first house of worship built by Abraham, like we talked about, the Hajj. That's it, brother. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Straightforward. Yeah, that's just that's, that's, that's it. Cool, <laughs> minus Ramadan, minus Mecca. I, I mean, I, I naturally kind of already do all that. I do fast, but it's yeah. not uh, for an entire month. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, right now, I'm 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 sure you know you know how how trending now the intermittent fasting yeah. is, and, and a lot of health uh, gurus coming out talking about fasting and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So we've been doing that before all the trends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So any questions on that? No, not really. I mean, definitely after the show, if you have any like recommended like script or what is scriptures or verses, verses. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, uh, we sh like I shared one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely, definitely. We'll be in touch, and I'd like to answer any questions if you hand down the line. No, Absolutely, and we're and we're ready when you're ready to uh, you know take your shahada to come in. It seems like you're there. You know what I mean? You're you're there. You know. Yeah, I'm getting there. <laughs> yeah, and and don't and I, and I want to just just remind you because. There's a, another verse in the Quran where God Almighty Allah is saying, and look, the only reason I repeat this in Arabic is because to stress, I'm not Arab. My family's from Bosnia, but every Muslim is inspiring to memorize some of the Quran. And then we have millions who memorize the whole Quran. So when I say, Kullu nafsin you know, this is a verse from the Quran that you will actually learn some Arabic when you when you're start, inshallah, uh, praying. Uh, but this is saying every soul will taste death. All of us. And then you the truly successful person is the one who is pushed far away from the hellfire and admitted to the paradise. And the life of this world is nothing but a, a delusion of entertainment and whatnot. But the but yeah. the truly successful one is the one who submits to the creator. You know, so Powerful. yeah. So this is this is um the call to all humans is to turn their life sincerely to the one God, to the one creator, God Almighty Allah, to do your best to strive for what's forever ever not for the for the ten and then to get your share of this life as long as it's halal as we say yeah. and not ha haram yeah and, and that's there's nothing wrong with that any questions no i, I definitely after the show i'm gonna do my obviously my own research like yeah. into like halal haram and all that uh because yeah. i already know some of the stuff but still yeah. a beginner <laughs> so that's that's the, the thing i wanted why i quoted this verse is Never think that we have as much time as we want because deaf, if you go to the graveyard, you can see the 16-year-old, the 9-year-old, you can see the 30-year-old. Deaf is something that can creep up at any time. And we want to be prepared. We want to have the right yeah. faith. We want to have, we want to be in a state of submission to God. Uh, otherwise, we don't want to lose the opportunity because when the test, we believe this life is a test. And now when the professor says time is over, you can't go back and say, can I do it? Now, no, you had your time slot. More time. <laughs> yeah, so so that's the thing that we we just kind of create this urgency, you know, mm -hmm. just kind of where people because that's where Shaitan comes in and say, oh, you got time, you can, you know, had uh, think about this when you're older. You don't know if uh, you're going to reach old age. Hundred percent. Yeah. So let's get into this, um, Dylan. Yeah. Let's get into the story. So earlier today, some documents were released that were text messages from the two supposed victims that came out. One was the Moldovan that we've already covered and the American. And if you look over those text messages, you could see how not only did they plot to frame the Tate brothers, they rehearsed it. Going over what to say, how to look, how to cry, and how to play dumb. They even made a joke two days before the raid happened, how their performance deserved an Oscar, that they were going to get a Netflix documentary out of all 
all of this. Saying things such as, and I quote, you're such a great actress, to which the other girl said, I practiced, quote unquote. Their performance was so good that even their own parents called the US Embassy and were freaking out. And the girls got upset with their parents because they almost messed up the show. And they admitted that they weren't actually kidnapped, that the Tate brothers said that they could leave whenever they wanted. So it seems that while the mainstream media and the police are saying that the Tate brothers used the lover boy method, actually what happened was these girls acted as if they were in love with the Tate brothers so that they could secretly milk it and get as much money and influence and have people talking about them as they could. So my question is this, how long have the police had access to these documents? I mean, they were already wiretapping the Tate brothers for the past 10 months. For 10 months, the police have tried to bury the CCTV footage that proves the Tate brothers' innocence. And yes, I know what you're thinking. These text messages have already been verified. They're 100% true. But hey, I don't want to just tell you. I want you to actually go and see it for yourself. Check out the article. Come to your own conclusion. Use your own two eyes and use your own mind. The Tate brothers have been framed. There's a news story unfolding uh, that the mainstream media seems to be silent on. It's on the what I call the two underwear uh, wearing in public. Uh, I don't know if they're strippers, uh, yeah. the U.S. and the U.K. girl. Evidence is coming out that they plotted and planned a setup. They yeah. literally acted as if they were in love with the, the brothers. They apply mm -hmm. what I would say. They they applied the, this lover girl method, the yeah. text text showing them plotting to frame the brothers. Uh, you also talk about how they schemed on what to say. Yeah. The lie, how to lie, how to cry. You know, they bragged about is it true winning an Oscar performance to get on Netflix? Mm -hmm. uh, and the question is, uh, will the Romanian prosecutors uh, prosecute what we say these two shaitans? Yeah, they are shaitan for sure. I mean, yeah. we'll see, brother. I mean, they're legally. I can't talk about certain things are going on, but obviously, anything I've put out publicly, I can I can go into that in, in great detail. I mean, we've got two young men. Andrew Tate trusted Tate for 10 months. They were wiretapped like all their phone calls or text messages, emails. They took all their computers. They were analyzing that they got new computers, but they were wiretapped for 10 months. The, I think it's called DCOT basically to simplify it for the viewers. It's the police, the police in Romania grabbed the CCT uh, footage, which clearly showed that these women were not victims. You could see them going out, getting in cars, leaving, uh, going and getting pizza. There's some of it still out there, uh, but essentially they tried to destroy it, get rid of it. They won't include it in any of the court. Uh, like whenever you're sitting down in the court, they won't include it as evidence. No, it's, it's, that's not, we don't need that. That's, that's not useful. Uh, but then add to that. Now we've got these text messages that have come out and they've been verified because I was under, I was like, uh, maybe, maybe that's just like a coincidence or something, but we've had it verified. It's hundred percent real of them literally plotting, leading up to two days before the raid, exactly what they were going to do step by step by step. And like they were joking around how they're gonna be, uh, oh, you're such a great actress. We're gonna get a, an Oscar. We're gonna do this, we're gonna do that. And then whenever the police raided the house the first time, the the their parents like called, they're oh my God, freaking out. Like, oh, are you okay? They're oh, don't worry about it, mom, we're good please don't like cause any trouble. Like as the parents were trying to call the embassy, the U S embassy, figure out what was going on. And they jokingly were saying, Oh, it's, it's all good, mom. Don't worry about it. We're, we're good. Uh, they told us we could leave at any time. And it, all this stuff is there as clear as day. And for me, it's insanity. We do live in the world of world of shaitan, obviously. So they're just going to be, Oh, nah, the truth. We don't, we don't need that. 
So the, media, the mainstream media has this narrative. They're trying to push the human trafficking. Uh, but then the evidence, because always the truth prevails, the truth prevailed and is like, uh, actually, that wasn't true. OK, let's now let's try to go over here. But the thing that frustrates me the most about this whole thing, I mean, obviously, I, I am biased because he's a good friend of mine. But secondly, there's all this evidence out there that proves the complete opposite. And now these text messages, it literally proves that the lover boy method happened, but it was actually lover girl. They're sitting there acting like they're serious and all that. Oh, okay. I will come out. I, I think I think you might be the one. Like talking to them, convincing them that they actually cared about them. They come out there. They're staying at the house, living their best life, posting their their shaitan, her very haram TikTok videos, and just enjoying life. And then they're actually plotting the whole time. And then, and I posted this. I want to say in part three or part four. <laughs> These two young women, and there's lots of evidence that shows that many girls that were around the Tate brothers were offered money, ranging from $30,000 to $50,000, some cases even $100,000 to try to frame them. But I find it funny that these two young women, and I've got the, the picture on my phone, actually, these two young women went on this French Rivera holiday, which is a pretty expensive thing, flexing this really nice watch, driving a really nice car. After this, they were just kidnapped and liberated. Like literally like a week or two after the, the raid happened, they were partying in the French Rivera together. The two girls that were the two victims, and one of them tried to claim the UK girl, the Moldovan. She claimed that she was this poor girl, that he manipulated her and all that. Well, guess what? Actually, that's completely false. She lived in the UK. She was a stripper. She had good money. And if you, and I can't go into certain details, uh, but the brothers were actually helping uh, rehabilitate her from a certain very haram thing. Uh, they were trying to help her out. And then when they realized that she had bad intentions, they, that was when they started distancing themselves. Uh, and then the, the American literally landed with the, the shaitan <laughs> in America. She was got mad because she tried to get a, a house out of the whole interaction. She, she wanted him to pick, buy her house, help make her TikTok famous and all this other stuff. And he said, no. And actually, something I found today, uh, a follower of mine on Twitter sent it over to me. She's this girl, the American, and I can say the name out loud, so it's not doxing her. It's already out there. Her name's Emma. Emma has a long history of this type of stuff, all the way dating back to whenever she was 15 years old. She got mad at her mom and tried to, she just disappeared. And this is literally a recurring theme for this girl, trying to act like people are doing stuff to her, trying to, like false rape things, false, like, oh, I've been kidnapped. But it's just because she's trying to get attention. So this pattern's continued up to these two young women meeting and plotting to frame the Tate brothers. I, I don't know their intentions behind out, outside of they just wanted attention because obviously they wanted to have a documentary. They wanted to have their own Netflix show. They wanted the Oscar. They want all these things. Uh, but it's insanity to me because if you're wiretapping somebody for 10 months, you, there's no reality where you didn't see those text messages because they wiretapped anybody close to them. That's why whenever the Tate brothers, the, the second time, Andrew got arrested, Tristan got arrested, and some other people around him got arrested, which all of them also had kids, funnily enough. But, oh, it's okay. We're, let's just try to push the certain narrative. So at this point, like if, in, in my opinion, and I'm not a journalist, I'm not a lawyer, I'm just a regular dude out here on my path. At this point, with these text messages, if this does not completely, okay, let's, we obviously don't have anything. These text messages completely disprove everything that we've tried to build this case over. If that doesn't happen, 
Like I, I'm going to be, I'm going to be angry because <laughs> that's insanity. Like if clear as day, these two victims were very obviously, they were plotting, they were rehearsing. They're oh, actually, uh, maybe here, here's how you can actually look like you're crying. Oh no, don't say that. You, you need to play dumb. Oh, okay, yeah, let's dress up like this. Oh, okay, I'm going to say this. And if they ask this question, I want you to say this as well. They were plotting everything, and there's no way the police didn't know it. So, I mean, that, that's my bit on that. I, I can talk for hours about this. I want people to understand. So we have the first thing that was a red light where you imagine now someone comes into your house. You got cameras all over, yeah. and they come in and they steal your stuff. And now you can clearly identify who did it. You can clearly identify what they stole. But now the prosecution doesn't want to use this case, for, use this uh, footage, for example. Now flip that, if, if we're understanding this correctly, you have footage of everything that's going on in the house, but the mm -hmm. prosecutor now is not using this. They're not they allowing this into evidence. They won't even touch it. Okay. I think they've used aspects of it, but like for the most part, won't even touch it. And then and this is clear. This is not you making this stuff up. This is, I mean, anyone can look into this. This is yeah, clear. The, the brother Solomon, I forgot the last name. Like he, he does amazing. Work. Yes. Yes. I had him on a program. My brother Solomon. Oh, Solomon. Okay. Yeah, he's yes. awesome. Yeah, I, Solomon yes. like, here is hear me like talk or whatever. Go check his Twitter out. He, he does very, very good work. Uh, I've actually learned some stuff from him just mm -hmm. seeing his stuff on Twitter. So I was like, Oh wow. Didn't know that. So yeah, I mean, this stuff's verifiable and example, whenever this whole case was beginning, they wouldn't even give the evidence to the the, law, the original lawyer that we had, which we still have, wouldn't even give it to them until literally like 15 to 30 minutes before. And it was a stack of like 17,000. Yeah, 17,000. Uh, yeah, 17,000 documents. Papers, yeah, documents like, yeah. Imagine 17,000 documents you're given right before. How can you build a defense to that? So yeah, it's can. little things like this. Like I started to think, you know what? There is justice in in Romania. I'm sure they're gonna they'll get to the bottom of this. But then after what happened yesterday, and I saw those text messages, I was like, okay, I I, I think I see the game they're playing. They're trying to embarrass them, and they've taken the 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 property over there. We still have absolute. They haven't taken everything, but in Romania specifically, uh, they've tried to take their cars. They're trying to humiliate them. They're, they've even taken hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of crypto. I mean, I, and all this stuff is documented. So I'm, I'm not just putting out insider not. All of this stuff is documented. And they brag about it. The Romanian media and the government brag about it. Like, look what we can do. So it's not going to look good for many, many years. Like, Romania is known for being very corrupt. But they're initially, I think they're trying to show, oh, we're not corrupt. But this is literally proving that they're corrupt. And if you're a foreigner, why even waste time in a country like Romania that's very corrupt and is going to target you because you have money mm -hmm. uh, and believe something like these two young women that are it's completely fabricated. You know it's fabricated. You have all this evidence that's fabricated, but you continue keeping these two men in, locked up in a, a jail cell and you're, you're like not allowing them to have guests. Like I've, I've tried to go, other fa like family members of theirs have tried to go, won't allow it. It's, it's little things like this, brother. It's, mm -hmm. it's really annoying. It's really annoying. So we have that one red light here with the camera footage. Number mm -hmm. two is I want people to imagine if you got arrested and now you're like, okay, who's uh, speaking out against who, who are the people now that are coming up to say, I did something, who are the victims? And now they got X and Y uh, on the witness sheet. And you're like, hold on, you know, uh, you're saying I didn't do anything, but not just that. Mm -hmm. Now those victims that the cops came out, they're also protesting saying that we shouldn't be on that list. It's yeah. we're not victims. So you also have that 
okay, piece of evidence there. You also have that. That's a red light. And then now we have the, you have other things, but now we have this coming out that this is the the what's the the messages, the text messages yeah. going in detail on the conversations of these two strippers. And I, I also heard that uh, one of them or which one was doing prostitution. Was there um, something there with that? Yeah, to my knowledge, that was the, the girl from the UK. And then the other yeah. girl was mainly just okay, like so, a stripper influencer. Yeah. Yeah. So you got a stripper and a prostitute now coming together to set up a frame job and all the details are there and they're bragging on how they can win an Oscar, trying to get a Netflix yeah. documentary going. What, Romania, what are you doing? What's up? And I think we need, look, Dylan, I think we need some brave congressmen to step mm -hmm. up, to go ahead. This is a U.S. citizen. You know, you can like him or you like him not, you know what I mean? But at mm -hmm. the end of the day, if you're out for justice, you know, on certain principles, you got some integrity. No, you should have some U.S. congressmen step up to go ahead and advocate, you know, based on all of this evidence now that's con that's that's uh, for them, not against them. Because in Romania, what we come to know is that the prosecutor has is trying to get evidence and now if the defense, if you come up with evidence that can exonerate them, they won't even use that. That's how their legal system, that's how they're set up. I'm hearing this from a Romanian attorney. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Yeah, won't even look at it, brother. And we actually, we have an, an American lawyer that went over there and we, part of the team was trying to get in, wouldn't even allow it. So it's like little little things like this. It's going to take, and the sad part of this world now is we, we like to be divisive. A lot of people create their entire perception of reality based off headlines. So they, oh, okay, Andrew's, uh, uh, Andrew's this, this, and this. So and he, he's just bad. But then if you just turn and look at the truth, it's very obvious that everything that the media and everybody else is saying is just false. So hopefully we'll see, God willing, or inshallah. Inshallah. Uh, yeah, inshallah. We will have somebody from America that's prominent come forward and actually start talking. I've seen he's not a politician, but like, People like Tucker Carlson, some other like Americans, I guess, with a, an audience have come out and been supportive. But it's going it's literally going to take like some kind of American politician that would make me gain a lot of respect uh, to come out there because these are two American citizens being held with zero evidence, having their property stolen in a foreign country. I mean, that sounds like something that the, the U.S. should actually care about. Yeah, <laughs> because it, this sets a precedence for some, what someone else, an American U.S. citizen, comes up. You know, American yeah. U.S. citizen has rights now. We need to uh, go ahead and protect these rights, and you can see they're being violated. Like yeah. him or like him not. If if it, if you did a crime, if you did something wrong, okay, show the evidence, take care of what yeah. you got to take care of. But now you have all this stuff coming out. You got two stripper and a prostitute trying to win any I mean award, an Oscar. Yeah. I mean, come on, is that bragging not enough? about it? Yeah. Bragging about about it. I mean, come on, enough is enough. So uh, action items, Dylan, I mean, we can give the people, start calling your, uh, what do you think? They can start calling some of their local congressmen, put some pressure, yeah. put some pressure on these politicians. And let's see if someone who has some cojones, as they call it, you know, some brave mm -hmm. politician, congressman, whoever can come up and start to go ahead and advocate on, on the U.S. citizens behalf. What do you think? Yeah, 100 percent, brother. I, I'd say do that. I mean, Social media has been powerful, but if we truly, truly are in alignment with the truth, in alignment with God, and like we see that this is clearly not a good thing, like we can see the evidence clear as day. And use your own two eyes, use your own mind. I'm not telling you what to do, what to believe. Go, go look at it yourself. But the evidence is clear that they've been framed. Call your local congressman, 
call even call the embassy, call the embassy, try like just beef them, beef them, and just put it out there because it, unless we actually do something, we were talking about earlier, you can't just talk about it. You got to actually show it. If you actually if you actually care about the truth, you need to go out there and show it in the real world. You need to go out there, call your like you were saying, your local congressman, embassy, I mean, literally anything, anything and everybody. And we'll see if anybody actually has the cojones, I think you said, to like stand up and actually be like, okay, maybe I don't like this guy. Maybe I don't like the lifestyle, but I, I stand for America, I stand for truth. And these are two obviously innocent young uh, young men. So I'm going to stand stand up and I'm going to do something about it. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Dylan, thank you very much uh, for coming on and uh, we'll be in touch. Get, um, sure, brother. Let's uh, keep uh, in contact and we can help you along your journey and along your way. And hopefully next time uh, we speak, our uh, Andrew Tate, Christian, uh, Trish, Tristan Tate will be out of this uh, dungeon and um, they'll be out uh, as I believe they're being held hostage now. So, inshallah, yeah, they'll, they'll be set free. Thank you, brother, for having me. Thank you very much. Assalamu alaikum. Peace be with you. Thank you, too. I cannot leave without giving you a gift. If you're not yet Muslim and you're tuning in to see what these Muslims are talking about and you like a free copy of the Quran, go ahead and visit thedeanshow.com. We'll take care of the postage and everything and get it delivered to you. And if you still have some questions about Islam, call us at one 800 662 4752. We'll see you next time. Until then, peace be with you. Assalamu alaikum. And if you like this episode of The Dean Show, like this video, share this video far and wide. Brothers and sisters, we've all had loved ones that passed away. A mother, a father, a brother, a sister, a close family member. But one of the mercies of our Dean Islam is that we can have an intention to do good deeds on our loved one's behalf. And what greater of a continuous good deed, Sadaqa Jariya, than investing on their behalf in the Dean Center, a Masjid and Nagadawa Center that will benefit generations to come, inshallah. So click the link below, donate right now. May God Almighty Allah reward all of you.